Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series from canvas to screen on select Saturdays in March. Enjoy a film that captures the drama and beauty of some of history's most celebrated works of art, including Metropolis, Days of Heaven, and Marie Antoinette at NortonSimon.org. Come see the new quiz show, Go Fact Yourself, with special guests Andy Richter and Fresh Air's Tanya Mosley. It's March 23rd at the Crawford. Get your tickets at las.com slash events. LAist Studios. Hey, how are listeners? Brian De Los Santos here. So we're actually going to take a sick day today because I'm a little under the weather, but we did want to bring you some cool content for you to listen to. Queer LA Live is an event series hosted by Kayla Hernandez, and they spoke to some special guests about their journey in the music industry as queer artists. Take a listen, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, yes, my name is Caitlin. I'm a reporter here at LAist. I've been working on this project called Queer LA, which is in big letters right behind me, and I love it. We're exploring music tonight. I want you to ask yourself this question while we're here. What do you think it takes to make it into the music industry? So tonight we'll be exploring what it's like to navigate LA's music scene, particularly with LGBTQ artists. We have four performers who are making their mark on LA, and we'll have the honor of hearing them perform live tonight. Then we'll get into some great discussion on the music industry and have a Q&A after, so definitely keep your questions in mind. Mermaid will be starting us off tonight, so I'll, I'll exit the stage in just a moment, you'll get to hear them. The duo behind this group, Brittany Campbell and Candace Quarles, recently released their debut LP, Iridescence, which you can stream wherever you get your music. It has multiple genres like soul, R&B, and a combination of alt rock and jazz. So it's got everything, y'all. And let's see, Candace and Brittany met in the Chicago production of Hamilton and came to LA right before the pandemic to pursue music. They've done multiple shows since starting in 2019, including recently at Queer Artist Showcases in LA. And fun fact, they recently made a cameo in Green Day's Bobby Sox music video that just came out. Please give it up for Mermaid. Hi, everyone. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for coming out and sharing this night with us. We're going to sing three songs from our album. I'm gonna chat while Brittany sets up. Um, yeah, we also recently got engaged, so if you're like blinded by sparkles, oh, screaming. It's just, she can't it's help just, herself, wow. you know. We're so in love. <laughs> she just wants you guys to look at the ring, damn it. It's just, <laughs> buy some merch. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding fund it begins Thriving, we thriving Caught up in the dream We're vibing, we vibing 
They hating, they hating Caught up in the bullshit hating, they hating Sitting on top of the world Feeling like things really going my way People like, have you seen them, haven't you heard? The two little birds How many you and me, we could be fun On the rise, on the run from everyone Honestly, you and me, we could become What's inside? How many you and me, we could be fun On the rise, on the run from everyone Honestly, you and me, we could become what's inside. I remember when I you used to say, say that we could fly, baby, so we could fly so high. Run into you, run into you, wake up, baby. Feels like nothing feels like you. As long as I'm with you, I'll be okay. You, I'll be okay. Nothing's taking care of you. Even if the world even if the world would call us crazy, we won't let the spiders stay on top of the world. Sitting on top of the world, things really going my way. Things really going my way. Seen them, haven't you heard? You said the two little birds. How many you and me we could be fun on the rise, on the run from everyone? Honestly, you and me we could become. What's inside? How many you and me we could be fun On the rise, on the run from everyone Honestly, you and me we could be gone What's inside? that I'm so scared to do because it's a punk song, right? And we've never, <laughs> we've never done it acoustic. I don't know how this is about to be. Yeah, just imagine like full band, you know, like bass, <laughs> drums, head banging, but not. <laughs> but if you guys are down, like I feel like some audience participation yeah, might be good. I mean, absolutely. What you think? So in the chorus, we have like these hey chants that come out. These hey chants. This is like so not, so not punk. But yeah, these hey chants, these hey chants that come out. I'll just teach it. It's better if I just do it. So we'll go like every word you say. Then you'll go hey makes me wanna scream. Hey every time you run your mouth, I disassociate. Hey hey. 
I mean, you guys don't, you don't have to do, have to do the hey, 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 but you oh, can just give me the hey. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that, that easy, okay, that easy okay. hey. <laughs> anyway, wish us luck. Here we go. You want to tell me, want to tell me what to do now. You want to explain and want to watch it as it goes down. Watch me while I take a break and break you up. You want me humble, want to put me right where I belong. That's my trigger. I told you, play nice with me and run my figures. And don't you forget that I am so much richer. Oh boy, you'll be in the matrix, stuck on bitter. You thought I was done with something. It's hard for the man nowadays Yeah, we heard In history class we were told as a kid That all of the world should be yours Here's my ass you can kiss on me That's my trigger I told you play nice with me and run my figures And don't you forget that I am so much richer Oh boy, you in the matrix Stop coming up You thought I was done for something last one we're gonna do for you guys it's called find me um it's the very first song we made together we <laughs> the story is hilarious but like the truncated version we were both in hamilton playing sisters i'd never been i know <laughs> i hate that detail and she like i mean it's important on that detail <laughs> um <laughs> So, I'd never been with a woman, didn't know, you know, didn't know. You're not queer until you're queer, you know. <laughs> Brittany was engaged to be married to a guy named Brad. Great guy, great guy. We We're still friends. This was supposed to be ixnade from the speech. You know, we I make know. Brad's chili. We yeah. send Christmas cards. <laughs> Everything's good with Brad. Um, well, we... Brad is fine. <laughs> we, Thriving. 
it was, you know, things were getting weird. The friendship was getting intense. We both were so confused and not talking about it. And for my birthday, we went out to a cabin and we took a lot of shrooms. And I couldn't find Brittany like anywhere in the house. And, but like, I heard music and I thought I was tripping, but it was Brittany playing the guitar. And when I found her, she was playing that. And yeah, set the mood. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just laid there beside her and we just started humming this song. Like we'd never made music together before. I mean, besides the Skyless is this. Um, and this was just magic. And it ended up being like a love letter to each other that we didn't even know we were creating. And it really was the birth of Mermaid. So, happy to share it with you guys today. I love you. Stay for tonight. Stay for tonight. 
Great music coming up. Let's give it up for them one more time, please. I know everyone, uh, uh, obviously we're back there in the green room, but we're just back there like trying to, to clap with the beat and just feel the music, which is it's beautiful. Um, thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed Mermaid, and we'll get to get in some great conversation with them a little bit. Um, joining us next is a self-described crooner, uh, Danielle Landy. They were born and raised in Los Angeles and joined the music scene in 2018. They've captivated audiences with their soulful voice, intimate songwriting, and unique sound drawing on pop and jazz. Danielle's music has been heard on KCRW, our friends over across the county, live at the legendary Hotel Cafe, and they've performed as an opening act for Grammy-nominated band The Marias. Danielle is also the founder of Queer Sound, where they produce concerts highlighting talented LGBTQ plus artists and bands. They run a monthly residency at the Silver Lake Lounge and have additional Queer Sound shows coming up at Residence and the Skylight Theater. Please welcome Danielle Landy. How's everyone feeling? I was trying not to cry back there in the green room, listening to that beautiful love, love mermaid. I'm Danielle Landy, um, and as you heard, queer community building um, is very important to me. It's a big part of my life. Um, and I just like deeply, deeply cherish all of my friendships very intensely. Um, and I feel inspired by all of my creative queer friends in LA. So this song is inspired by that and it's called Natalia's House. I drove a mile to Natalia's house to watch all of their words up on TV. We made a pie the orange couch and snuggled up so everyone could see then we toast and we get loud cause we love them and we're proud whoa, whoa. 
I hope we all feel that way about at least one friend in our life. Um, it's a blessing to be queer. I feel like it's more of a norm in our communities to feel that deep in our friendships, and I'm very grateful <laughs> for that. Um, this next song is about a romantic love, though. That, that happens, too. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get, my, get myself together. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I want to touch you in the front yard. You'll pull me back inside. Don't want the neighbors to know Being away from you is too hard Come on and stay the night here I know you want to scream my name 
whatever you say whatever time I ever played a show um, that was the first song in the set and my parents were there and I felt so awkward <laughs> um, but that's what you get when you start playing out for the first time in the city where you were born and raised LA <laughs> um, speaking of LA um, yeah I've been here almost my whole life with the exception of college when I moved to New York um, just for those four years and I had my college bestie, his name was Michael. Um, we met in our jazz acapella group. <laughs> um, 
he's amazing. Um, we still chat on the phone, but you know, it's, it's not the same when you're not living in the same city as your friends. You're not like making new experiences together. So it's really hard, like you have to really want it if you're gonna maintain <laughs> a friendship with someone in another place. Um, but anyhow, I really wanted to get Michael to visit LA. So I wrote him this song as a sales pitch for everything that Los Angeles could offer him if he visited, tailored for his interests.
did come visit after that song was written. And all three of those songs are out online. So if you were into them, check them out on the way home. We'll be right back after this. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series From Canvas to Screen, capturing the drama and beauty of some of history's most celebrated works of art. Films include Metropolis by Fritz Lang, Days of Heaven by Terrence Malick, and Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on consecutive Saturdays now through March 30th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting One of the Good Ones. The ultimate family showdown is on in the world premiere of this new comedy commissioned by the Tony Award-winning theater. When the perfect Latina daughter brings her boyfriend home to meet the parents, her family's biases and preconceptions are put on full display. Meet your new favorite family in this laugh-out-loud, heartfelt story from Gloria Calderon Kellett, the co-creator and showrunner of Netflix's One Day at a Time. Now through April 7th, tickets are on sale now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. Now we get to uh, embark on our conversation portion of the night. Um, I'm going to go ahead and welcome our, our guests back to the stage. Um, we're going to have uh, Graciela come out. Graciela is a seed from Mexico City, harvested by the streets of LA. She's a queer femme who utilizes the stage as a way to equalize female-identified representation within nightlife productions. Through her DJ sets, she aims to celebrate the music from artists of color, especially those who fall under the LGBTQIA umbrella. Uh, please welcome Gracias, uh, Graciela Lopez. Thank you. And if I could please have Mermaid and Danielle come back out. Please, please, please. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, feel free to take a seat. And so for those of you who might not have, have uh, noticed, you've already heard Graciela perform. She's our DJ of the night, so you heard her before, if you were here early. And she'll also be playing uh, before we all go home for the night. So, super excited. <laughs> you have some diehard fans here. I love that. Um, all right, well, let's get going. So... I think we all just got an amazing treat to be able to hear uh, your performances tonight. I know I enjoyed it. Um, and so let's talk about what we heard. Um, Candice and Brittany, let's talk about how you got started in music and developed that amazing sound, I will say. So good. I had already been doing solo music, um, but shortly after we met, I think we realized through rehearsals we have this like sort of beautiful blend it sort of came about like, oh, what would it be like if we started just writing together? We fell in love accidentally. And then... <laughs> as one uh, does. As one does. Uh, continued to write, decided, hey, let's move. Let's, let's do this. Let's go to L.A. Let's see what happens. We tried out a few different producers when we moved out. We moved out here in May 2019. And we tried a few different producers, which didn't go too well. You know, don't... Don't invite strangers to your house based on credentials to stay for days and eat your food. Don't do that. Don't do that. But we learned a lot. And uh, we learned a lot and we've learned a lot about what we wanted to sound like and what we didn't want to sound like. So by the time 2020 came around, the pandemic hit, we didn't know 
what we were doing next, and we were just like, let's dive into this album together. Let's see who we can find. We knew that we really liked, um, we were really inspired by Moses Sumney and this artist Mariba at the time. So we looked through Mariba's producers and we saw this guy, Sam Hoffman. We were like, well, let's just like reach out to him on Instagram. Let's see what can happen. Maybe he'll, he'll hit us back, and he did. And we just started kind of like making this thing together, the three of us. Sam has become literally the third member of Mermaid. He's like our brother in love and music. And yeah, he really helped us form this sound. And I feel like with the freedom, especially for Britt, who produces majority of our stuff, she plays every instrument on the album, if you listen. It's Britney on the drums on most song and on the guitar, on, on the bass which is like a very heavy load for one person to do. I went to school for musical theater, okay? My gift is my voice. <laughs> I am not very, like, I can't. So having Sam really opened just like a world of creativity in that we had another ear and we got to play with so many different genres and he helped us tie it all together in such a special way, I feel like. Mermaid didn't really get to figure out our sound or anything until 2020. Yeah. It really happened. Yeah. It also took us a while because if you, if you listen to our album, there literally it touches on so many different genres. There's punk, there's, there's a folk, there's dream pop, there's R&B. And I think for a while we were trying to, in the beginning, to sort of homogenize everything. And as we got to know each other and our actual personal taste, we just, it became freer and freer and sort of, we didn't care about genre yeah. anymore. We respect them all, love them all, students of them all, so why can't we do them all? Like, yeah. <laughs> went to school for this. <laughs> Don't need to be inside any boundaries. Yeah. Um, Danielle, let's talk about how you got started. I mean, just got a comment, finding a producer is so difficult. Yeah. Um, I definitely went through a bunch of people who were the wrong match. And I think there's something extra difficult about finding the right partner when you're doing a multi-genre project or if you're like kind of, you know, bridging two different genres. Um, like I had producers who wanted me to lean more pop than I think makes sense for my vibe. Um, but it's part of being an artist is like, developing the ability to stand your ground and like know what is you and what is not you, but also remain flexible enough to take in input from people who do get what you're going for. And yeah, similarly, I'm like, oh, finally, I have a producer who gets it. And same vibe, I, I found an artist I, whose music I liked and just like stalked her Instagram until I found a producer tagged and I DM'd him. Um, and the rest was history. Uh, but yeah, so that's the production side. Um, the question originally was, how did I get into yes. music? Yes. I've been writing since I was a teenager. I was like a choir kid. Um, and it's always, writing music has always been like a personal outlet for me. Um, so like my first ever song I wrote when I was 15, and it was about my unrequited love for my best friend, Emma. Uh, a rite of passage <laughs> in queer communities. The yeah, I know. Hey, <laughs> this is being recorded. Um, <laughs> uh, 
anyway. Play that back. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been writing for a long time, and my writing, like, from day one was deeply tied into my queerness in that it was, like, my outlet as a closeted, like, 14, 15-year-old. Um, but I didn't circle back around until, like, performing as an artist until my mid-20s. Um, and, yeah, I just, I, I had a lot of influences from, like, you know, I was in that jazz group in college and I was getting really into like vocal uh, arranging and I was getting a little better at piano. It's hard to write without the instrument. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and I, I just like had a new, a new crop of music that was like the adult version of me by the time I was 25 or so. Um, and yeah, been, been doing it ever since, but it's definitely like I'm inspired by the Great American Songbook like old classic jazz standards, love like a 70s vibe. And I also like like more modern pop and indie. I like a lot of different genres of music. And I feel like as far as my like sound goes, I, I think it's a blend of a lot of influences, um, but it's, it's very me. And I feel happy that I'm like firm in that. And I, I'm not being swayed anymore by people telling me what I'm doing is wrong. That's good. That's good. That's that's a hard place to reach, I think. That's for a lot of artists. I love that. Graciela, let's talk about how you got. And by the way, I want to add real quick. She has the best stage name, DJ Funky Caramelo. I love, which I forgot to include. Graciela, <laughs> let's talk about how you got started. So music has always been a safety blanket. It's it's has always been there for me and with me. I am an only child, and I immigrated to the U.S. with my mom. My mom worked all the time, and I didn't know any English, and I would just listen to the radio and watch music videos, and that's literally how I learned English. So ever since I was a kid, and at some point became a teenager, I knew that I wanted to do something with music. Music has always been there for me, so I knew I wanted to get involved. I can't sing. I don't know how to play an instrument. I can't write, so I was like, okay, I need to figure out what is it that I, I know I, I need to find a way. I need to find my role. And then essentially, fast forward to 2016, I was working in, in the nonprofit field. I used to work in immigrant rights work. And um, it was really heavy for me as an immigrant person myself. I couldn't distance myself from the work. It was really, really heavy, and I needed to just do something to get my mind off everything that I was going through. At work, everything that was, everything that I was dealing at work that didn't, didn't stop because it involved me and my family as well and affected my family. So I ended up enrolling in DJing school. And um, I was working, yeah, I was working um, in immigrant rights work, right? Um, and after work, I will go to Glendale. I went to the Bee Junkie Institute of Sound, shouts out to them. And I enrolled in a six-month six program and it literally changed my life because it was literally a safe haven. I finally realized that my role in music was essentially to be that vessel that would take the artist's crafts and share it with everyone else. That's how I came into what is now uh, uh, more than a hobby for me. It really was something that um, really healed my heart. So that's, that's kind of, that's where I'm at. I love that. 
Um, along that lines, I think this is a, a good question for y'all. I think something that you all share is something really unique is that you've all been on your musical journeys kind of, you know, solo, unsigned. I'm curious, like, what has that been like for you? Um, do you think, like, L.A. is a welcoming place to do that in? And then we can start with Danielle. I mean, for me, it was always going to be L.A. where I was pursuing this because I'm born and raised <laughs> Angelino. But it is, it's, a, it's an interesting scene to be part of in that, like, everyone is here. Um, and I think, like, of course, that means it's, like, a competitive place to be doing music. It's hard to get people to decide to go out to your show on any night of the week when there are like 30 other really cool things happening. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like the most exciting place to be pursuing music. And I think especially as an unsigned artist, because you can go to a random open mic one night and meet these two, which is literally how we met in 2019. So random. I don't know why I was there that night. I don't, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, whoever's going to be the next incredible star, they're already here and they're playing at these small clubs and like there are amazing shows happening every single day. So I, I will say it's challenging, but like it's exciting. I think you're very right on that. You can, you can run into the next big star because I have run into Renee Rapp like twice. <laughs> I'm just saying. For those who know, you get it. Um, Candace, Brittany, what do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like, you know, it has its pros and cons. And, I mean, the con for us mainly is just, like, it'd be great to have someone else to pay for this stuff. But <laughs> but I feel like the pros are so much bigger because we have so much more control over what it is that we put out into the world, how we want to be doing that, and... I don't think we would have had the space to find our sound and, and to establish an aesthetic and, and to meet the people we've met. And, sh and, you know, we throw parties and events like this is such a like, like ground, like a body of love that I think you really can only get from an indie artist or an artist who has been indie for a long time. Like industry plants, it's a little bit difficult to see them and, what I love about Mermaid is that, like, it's just us. Like, there's no gimmick. You just see us on a date whenever we're singing. And I just think that's so special. Um, and, you know, we're around industry people all the time. Brittany's signed as a songwriter for Warner Chapel. And, like, hearing the stories of the things that these artists who don't know who they are yet or don't have a sound or a real, like... I feel so privileged to have discovered what this is with my partner. Yeah. It's it's been it's been an interesting journey pursuing music here because I I'm from New York. So the first place that I went to trying to like get my music dreams was in New York and it's always been the queer community that's taking care of me. I, mean, I was a baby and like, you know, Peppermint, Bob the Drag Queen, Acid Betty were the first people to give me a stage to perform my 
my not so good music back then, you know? And it sort of carried forth like Justin Tranter, who's a songwriter that eventually would sign me. We were running around in the same circles performing at the same clubs in New York. Those two dots wouldn't connect until years later. So I feel like um, it's been sort of this conversation of the queer community reaching across reaching across the nation, but truly, <laughs> truly, and, and just kind of like taking care of their own and like opening up the doors and ushering me in particular into these spaces where I can meet other artists like myself and feel so safe. You mentioned that, you know, I, I, was, sort, I was recently signed to Warner Chapel, um, but more importantly, I'm signed to Facet Records, which is helmed by Justin Tranter, and so much of the writers and the artists within that sphere are queer. And it's such a blessing to walk into a session. Most of the time, you don't know who these people are, you don't know what the vibes are gonna be, and sometimes that can be scary. But within the facet realm, like, you know it's about to be a key every time. Like, you can come in as yourself. Like, I remember uh, writing with Billy Porter for the first time. I didn't know it was about to be, but it's always um, giving a feeling of family and support. And, LA has just been like a beautiful chapter in that for, for me. I love that. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Graciela, I know as a DJ, it's a little bit different being unsigned. Um, talk to me about like what your experience has been like DJing here in LA. I mean, I, there's definitely booking and management agencies that are designed for um, DJs, particularly female DJs, just because... We live in a very weird society where if you are a woman, you are going to get paid less or people will expect less of you. Um, and that is when a management company, a booking agent can come in handy, right? Because they advocate on your behalf. That being said, you do have to pay them a share of your fees. So there are definitely some pros and cons. Um, I just been doing things on my own, and I really love the fact that I get to accept and turn down events based on my values. I really appreciate that I have like full autonomy in you know showing up for who I want to show up and turning things down that don't align with who I am. So um, definitely pros and cons. I prefer to do everything on my own. It has worked for me. Um, so it's something to keep in mind. If, if any of you guys are looking into DJing, think about it. But if you can do it on your own, keep all the money. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> That's always ideal, right? Keep all the money. That's If you take anything away from this event tonight, keep all the money as much as you can. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. Um, you know, I think... Um, Brittany, you brought up a really good point when you were when you're talking earlier about how the queer community really came around you, um, and I think that's something that also a lot of people that are here on the stage share it, is that kind of element in your life as you know however you identify as a, as a queer person that like you've intentionally participated in safe spaces like that where where you DJ where you perform where you sing, and and so I think like I, I want to backtrack too for like for queer lay for this event tonight. It is structured around the idea of that, A, we need better news about queer people in L.A., um, but then also a place of joy. So I guess talk to me a little bit about what it's been like being in these spaces as a queer person and how, how has that, you know, building a fan base even, like how has that affected you as an artist? 
I can start. I feel like for me, it's been, uh, because I do everything on my own and I have full autonomy, it's also been a blessing um, being able to create parties that also heal uh, folks who, like myself, are like queer and undocumented, right? Um, I, at some point, ended up throwing this huge party in L.A., and the majority of the folks that came through those doors were people who, like me, were working in the nonprofit field. So it's being able to create that space for people in my community. And I take you know, pride in that and being able to say, hey, there's nothing for us that exists here, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever. If I have the ability and the network to make things happen for my community, I definitely will do it. So... Um, community is super, super important for me. It has provided support. I see some familiar faces here, and it always warms my heart whenever I look at um, who comes through the doors whenever I'm DJing and seeing familiar faces because it's really empowering me, and I feel safer and calmer just seeing my community. Like, they show up for me, so um, I feel like I have a duty to show up for them. Yeah. I just want to add, yeah, clap for that. <laughs> Go for it. I just want to add, too, I mean, you, you said something to me earlier when we were talking that was like, you know, I have the power to command, command the floor, command the vibe in the room as a DJ, and I think that's really impactful because it's like you set the tone. You, you decide what we hear, what we, what, we, what we hear when we're, you know, waiting for this event to start, and that could be a really cool way for, for you to kind of put your mark on people. Definitely, I mean... I am a 4'11", queer, brown girl, gets, you know, um, overlooked time and time. That's how I navigate life, unfortunately. But when I get back at the DJ booth, I command the space. So I, it's really powerful to me to, you know, to be able to curate the music and um, take control, even if it's 30 minutes, if, even if it's for an hour, it's like, you're going to listen to what I got to say. Yeah. Right. yeah. Danielle, I'm curious. I know especially with Queer Sound, mm -hmm. you've played a big role in, in like being an artist in queer communities and, and, and you know, having lyrics that include like, you know, same gender and stuff like that. But you're also creating space, I think, for queer people to, to get around and coalesce. What, is, what has this been like for an art, you as an artist? It's been wild. <laughs> um, I originally had the idea for Queer Sound just because like when I was new to the artist scene in L.A., I was suddenly hanging out with a lot of straight people, and, and that hadn't been the case for a, a while. Um, like, I, I surround myself with queer friendships for the most part. Um, and I just remember, like, looking around the scene and being like, God, like, I know there are other queer artists. Where are they? <laughs> and just wishing that there was a hub of, like, a show I could go to where I would meet the people I was excited to meet and, like, hopefully add to my family of, you know, my chosen queer family. Um, yeah, so that, that was the inspiration to start Queer Sound. It's been a crash course in event production. Um, I feel like I have the hang of it now. Um, but it's been amazing. Like, even, even if it's a smaller night, which sometimes it is, it's just beautiful to be in a room where, like, almost every artist just naturally feels inspired to tell stories about their life and how queerness has affected their music or, you know, whatever, however it might relate to the songs that they're performing. 
And I've had artists on stage go like, whoa, okay, yeah, I guess I, I'm, I'm not talking too much about being gay. I guess I can, I can keep telling you gay stuff because this room actually wants to hear it. Wow. Which is, you know, not necessarily how it feels if you are the only queer artist on a songwriter showcase or, you know, playing to a room that's looking at you like, huh, <laughs> in like an other way. Um, it just feels different to be in queer space. Um, it's really welcoming. I like pride myself on creating a welcoming feeling. I try to like go chat with everyone in the room if I haven't seen them before and they look like they're there alone. I'll try to say like, hey, how do you find out about us? What's going on? Um, and be like, you can make friends here. It doesn't have to be scary nightlife. The volume's gonna be low enough to chat. You know? That's a big plus. <laughs> yeah. When is your uh, next Queer Sound, by the way? I think it's coming up, right? We have a show next Tuesday. I mean, not next Tuesday, next Thursday. Sorry, we have a show next Thursday, February 8th, at the Silver Lake Lounge, and then another one on Tuesday, February 27th, at Resident, and that'll be our first time um, using that venue. I'm really excited. Awesome. Congrats for that. Thanks. I also, it's like further away, but I have to plug that on March 14th, I will be headlining that Queer Sound show at the Silver Lake Lounge as a single release celebration for a new song I have coming out. And Brittany is also going to be on the lineup with her solo project. Love that. So March 14th, Mark the Cal. I love that. I'm going to put that in my calendar after this. Uh, Brittany Candace, I'm curious. I know that, yeah, same question to you. What has it been like performing for queer communities? Uh, it's been great. I mean, my entire career has been in front of queer communities. It feels, you know, I have been in musical theater since I... <laughs> you know, There's declared that I was Rachel Berry in the seventh grade. Like, um, so it feels like home. I think one of the coolest things has been, you know, like all of my favorite, like lesbian TikTokers or Instagram people. It's so easy to connect with them. <laughs> and we've gotten a few, like, messages being like, oh, our baby was, con like we had Dreamer on when we were like, you know, having the egg transferred. And like, it's just been like a really true stories. Like several babies conceived to find me and Dreamer. And I just think it's so You could special. have this too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely been, it just feels like home. I think queer people, people with open hearts and open minds. It is the goal of humanity. And <laughs> I just feel like if you're not gay and you don't love somebody gay, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> You said it, not me. <laughs> like, please, exit somewhere. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, hey, everybody here in this room can say that they know someone queer because you came to this event. So you're all in the clear. You're all in the clear. You know, I mean, like, a lot of my life, a lot of my performance history has been just around queer folk. It's just been us, you know. I started musical theater really young. I told you when I was pursuing my music in New York, 
you know, I slept on Acid Betty's couch for like two years. Babes, <laughs> like it was always giving queer community. But what's been transformative about being here in LA in in this queer community is that it's been as an artist sort of transformative because I, I think I've had a lot of different reasons as to why I, I have been pursuing music. But in this time here and meeting the people that I've met, meeting people like Danielle and also being in this love, um, community is the reason. Like community is the reason. I think, I think there's something so spiritual or at least I, I've tapped into something so spiritual about the perspective that comes with being queer out here and these days I'm just trying to be navigated by that and meeting the people that come into life because of that and um, yeah that's just sort of opened up for me since being in Los Angeles. So. I love that. I feel like that's a perfect place to close today's event. I, I'm just what? <laughs> we could talk hey, for hours. Right? We could, we could. And hey, I will say this is my pitch to y'all. If you, um, you know, signed up with your email to get your tickets for tonight, you will get a follow-up survey that I would really deeply appreciate if you filled out. Um, for Queer LA, we've done, this is our, th our third event, and it's our last scheduled. And I would love to do more of these. So if you want that, please do let us know or find me after the event and we'll chat. Just let me know and I will, I will put it up the right channels. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I know we said we get to a Q&A, but uh, since we're time, feel free to find us after the show or after we, we exit and ask us whatever burning questions are on your mind. I'm here. I'm ready to listen. Um, and, you know, if this is your first time at a Queer LA event, I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and I hope that you've really enjoyed it. Um, and if you come to all three, thank you as well. I love the stands. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I'll say, please do check out the, uh, there's tables for merch going around for everyone here that you're welcome to check out. Get some great food from Fat Boys Outside if you haven't. Listen to DJ Funky Caramelo's set outside when she plays. And I just want to give a big round of applause. Thank you all for coming here again. Thank you to the events team for putting this on. Can't, not possible without them. And thank you to Elias for continuing to allow spaces like this and to the LA County Department of Mental Health for funding this tonight's event. Thank you so much. Get home safe tonight. Hey, it's Brian, the host of the How to LA podcast. How about we go to the movies? Join us for a 10-part series, Revival House, and discover the magic of LA's indie theaters. Who knows? You might meet someone. I know it sounds antithetical because you're just sitting passively, but in fact, you're connecting with everyone else around you. Subscribe to How to LA from LA Studios wherever you listen to podcasts.